A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can make a change. We need a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. Start different at GoDaddy.com. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. This is an ode to the glass noodle. You may be glass only in name, but our love for you is crystal clear in every Bibigo Korean dumpling. Your tantalizing texture tickles the taste buds, and while you are see-through, the world can't help but see you. The glass noodle, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every plump and juicy Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. This is Podco Media Networks. On episode 82 of Confessions of a Marketer, we're going beyond marketing. Hi, it's Mark Reed Edwards. Welcome back to Confessions of a Marketer. Angel Hollis Vaccaro, Hux by Deloitte Digital Practice Lead, is here to deconstruct the Beyond Marketing Experience Reimagined report that her firm released recently. We'll get to that chat in a moment. In the weeks ahead, we have A.J. Wilcox on social media, Victor Machado on Google My Business, Joe Martin on video, Mitch Duckler on differentiating your brand, Steve Rendazzo on experiences, and lots more, so stay tuned. I want to invite you to have a listen to my other venture, the Innovation Podcast, the iPod, we like to call it, with my partner, Garnett Harriman. Lots of fun stuff happening there. Head over to the innovationpodcast.co to tune in. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. Okay, on to Angel Hollis Vaccaro. Angel is digital practice lead at Hux by Deloitte. A while back, I saw a report that Deloitte released. It was called Beyond Marketing Experience Reimagined. And it painted an interesting picture of how marketing has changed and how it's still changing. Two keys. The connection between the CIO and CMO is tighter than ever. And treating your customers like humans, not lines on a spreadsheet or targets in a campaign, is the only way to go. Great chat. And this is part one of two. So let's get to it. Angel, welcome to Confessions of a Marketer. Thank you, Mark. Happy to be here today with you. Well, a while back, I read your report, Beyond Marketing Experience Reimagined, and was struck by a few things. First of all, the fact that CIOs and CMOs are working more closely together than ever. I guess I've known that for a while, but I'm interested in the dynamics of what's behind that. Can you enlighten me? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's probably no s- secret to anyone that CMOs in general, their roles continuing to change um, over over the years. Right. Um, you know, right from going from traditionally owning brand experience and marketing strategy and managing agencies, their role is is really broadening into being accountable for delivering personalized experiences for customers really across the entire journey. Right. So that creates a different set of challenges for CMOs today. They traditionally haven't had that skill set. Many of them are the CMOs today in many cases have a deeper technology background. In fact, I was on the 
on a phone call with a CMO of a bank a couple weeks ago, and I couldn't tell if I was talking to a CMO or a CIO. He was extremely technical. And so in order to deliver on these exceptional experiences really across the entire journey and look beyond traditional lens of just marketing, CMOs are having to partner with their counterparts across the organization in order to do that effectively. So it's really driven from the need of their increased role and responsibility and for brands to look at experience more holistically. And they're realizing they can't do that. They can't do their job today without that partnership. Um, So we're seeing increasingly, what we're calling it the power duo or the power couple, um, increasingly (laughs) relationships between the CMO and the CIO to deliver on these brand promises. So how are CIOs reacting to this? What are are their feelings around this? You know, that's a a great question. Um, I'd say it depends a little bit on the role of that CMO in the organization and if they're traditional more you know focused on you know delivery of IT infrastructure and you know more traditional IT or if they're really looking to become kind of a business advi- an advisor to the business yeah. and you know if they're up for that challenge and and they're looking to be much more proactive and thoughtful and strategic around technology they're they're doing extremely well and they actually look at this as an opportunity to kind of elevate themselves in the C suite and you know they're realizing that you know, in order for brands to deliver on these experiences, they are fundamental in being able to do that. So for the ones that are willing to take that leap and look at this as an opportunity, they're actually thriving and working well with CMOs and other executives across the business. Yeah. And for me, a lot of this this dynamic between the CIO and the CMO uh, working more closely is all aligned toward customer expectations. Can you dig into that? What are customer expectations these days? And how can this alliance between the CIO and the CMO help meet those expectations? Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's no news to anyone that customer expectations, right, continue to rise. I know mine personally have, I'm sure yours have, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? I mean, we, we, know, we know what we want. We expect brands that we work with and we purchase goods from and services from, we expect them to know us. You know, we expect them to know us, to understand us, to anticipate our needs in some cases before we know what we need. Right. Switching costs are becoming significantly lower as well, right? If I don't like, you know, something on one purchasing from one brand, all I have to do is click a button on my phone and purchase from another brand, right? So the brands that have been most successful are the ones that are really understanding that you've got to treat your customers like humans, right? We go beyond just customers. We are mothers, we are fathers, you know, we are brothers. And the brands that are most successful are treating their customers truly like humans. And, you know, realizing that we make decisions based on emotion. In fact, if I were to ask, you know, any group of consumers out there, who was their favorite brand, 60% of them would tell you their favorite brand purely based on an emotional connection they have with that brand. So brands that are yeah. winning in the market on experience are brands that are, are recognizing that, that it's all about you know understanding your customers and creating these emotional connections. And when they do that, and they do that right, and you've got the CMO and the CIO you know, at the table together being able to not only understand these consumers at a human level, but also deliver on these personalized experiences, 
you know, everyone wins, right? The customers are, are getting not only the goods and services, but getting, you know, the treatment and, and their expectations met. And also the brands are winning, right? We're talking about real tangible value here, you know, more upsell, more cross sell, upsell opportunities, you know, increased revenue, increased loyalty. Our data also shows that, um, customers who have a higher emotional connection with you will spend up to 150% more with you than those that have, you know, a, a lesser emotional connection. Yeah. What's kind of interesting, and you used a word that I love to underscore in my discussions about marketing, and that is human. And I wonder whether this closer partnership between the CIO and the CMO is actually helping the CIO see what they typically thought of as users, as human beings, and as customers, rather than just lines on a spreadsheet that say, oh, they have a, a, a Dell laptop and they use um, Excel all the time, whether they now see their internal customers as human beings. Yeah, I think that, um, I think you're spot on. And I think that the the CIOs that are able to make that leap and partner with you know not only the CMO but other C level executives like COO etc and start seeing their consumers as, as humans and use the data right it's all about you know because where the CIOs really come into mm. play here is is helping you're not going to understand your customers as humans unless you truly understand the data about them to your point they're more than just lines in a spreadsheet they're more than just transactions you have to truly integrate key components of customer data across the entire journey to create that kind of human persona if you will and one of the big shifts we're seeing in the industry is you know bringing together emotional data along with operational data and that's what i think yeah. truly helps create that human persona most brands, up to 80% of brands, don't actually use emotional data in creating experiences. They may have emotional data in their systems from surveys or other things, right, that they collect or they, you know, go out and they, they scrape, you know, Yelp and whatnot. And so they get some of that sentiment data, but up to 80% of brands don't actually have the capabilities to integrate it into their experience. Their experience is strictly driven by operational data. And I think it's that combination of emotional and operational data that helps both CMOs and CIOs truly start seeing their consumers as humans. It's funny how data is a key ingredient in that. We always think of data as being dehumanizing, but in this case, it actually humanizes people. The right data, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So let's dig into the three Ds, of which data is one. We've also got decisioning and delivery. And I talk a lot about data on this podcast, a lot more than I thought I ever would when I, when I started it in 2017. And in, in your report, you say data is the starting point. Um, um, we kind of went through that, but can you go a bit deeper into why that is? Yeah, absolutely, Mark. So many organizations, they're, they either have too much data, they don't have enough data, they don't know what data they have, or they might, in many cases, not even <laughs> have access to their data. And to create these, if your vision as a brand is to create these hyper-personalized experiences 
for your customers, treat your customers like humans, and truly create this relationship, almost this two-way relationship, more like a friendship with them, right, to, at the end of the day, drive more loyalty. The only way to do that is to first get your data straight. Uh, there's there's no there's no way you know there's no other you know starting point in, in, in the experience that we've seen with right. brands, um, and it's not just about you know people talk about bringing in all different types of external data and doing data enrichment, second party, third party data, and while all those things are incrementally helpful, where brands struggle the most is really with their internal data. In many cases, they're still siloed with how they look at data. They may have, you know, web data versus call center data versus device data, retail store data, and they don't necessarily integrate it to an entire experience. A lot of brands now today are doing really well on the web and really well with email, but they're not integrating that with, you know, service data in the call center or retail data. So you're still getting these disconnected experiences. And even if a brand might treat me like a human in one channel, they have no idea who I am. Like you said before, I've got, you know, some sort of, you know, oh, I called in to the call center. I'm calling about a specific laptop I have, and they just know the serial number, the model number, right? And that, from a consumer perspective, that does not drive loyalty, right? Because you're getting these disconnected experiences. Mm -hmm. And so we're seeing brands today realize that in order to win in CX, they have to take back control of all of their customer data. And this is where, you know, this power duo of CIO and CMO really come together. Because in some cases, this is taking data from external, you know, agencies or partners and bringing it back in house. I sat on a panel not too long ago with a bunch of CMOs, and they literally started debating with each other, you know, we have to take back, we have to stop renting our data our data. We have to start taking control back of, of our data. Control is is important on both sides for the customer and for the provider. Absolutely. I mean, I um, another panel that I actually, an interview I did with a CMO of a very large national retailer said, you know, we were simply not built for our systems and our channels to all talk to each other, right? We were built in silos and we certainly were not built to operate in real time. And so they're undergoing these major shifts to take back control, get more visibility into their data so that they can create ultimately, right, these these personalized human experiences. Because how do they treat their customers as humans if they only own or have access or control over, you know, half of the data about me, for example? All right, next time, Angel is back to finish our chat and delve more into what the report means for marketers. So stay with us. This episode of Confessions of a Marketer was written, produced, and edited by yours truly. T. Jordan of A-Class Productions wrote the theme music. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Podco Media Networks, and this episode is copyright 2019. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. See you next time. stay home for the greater good. Secondhand smoke doesn't. It drifts through cracks in walls, air vents, and sink drains, spreading toxic chemicals that can damage lungs. Secondhand vape also puts your lungs at risk, even with the fruity smells. Protect yourself and the people around you from these secondhand dangers. Learn how at tobaccofreeca.com.